All right, welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Gonna be getting started here for the day. Okay. All right, so uh, uh, it's very important, right? The it's very important to be able to understand like sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? Well, sound doctrine will benefit your life, right? I.e., you sort through the wisdom of it. Oh, one second. You 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 run through the wisdom of it in your mind. You analyze it in your mind, right? Christ says to examine the scriptures, examine things, right? And so if it is producing good fruit, it's a good, it's a good doctrine. It's of God. It's biblical, right? But we have to understand that there are 3,000 versions of the Bible out there, right? So bad fruit doctrine is not of the Lord, right? That simple. Baseline rule. And that is, it's actually a rule given by Christ, right? It's not me teaching it, right? Christ says, you will know them by their fruit, right? And so, also, right, uh, that teaching that I'm saying, right, oh, well, there's 3,000 versions of the Bible. You might think, well, how am I supposed to know uh, which version of the Bible is correct? Well, here's the thing, right? In 1 John, the book of 1 John, it's about five pages. If you want to give it a quick read through, it says that God has given us the spirit of truth, an aspect of the Holy Spirit that will help us discern through these good and bad fruit teachings, right? But when you see bad fruit being produced from your teachings or things that you're doing in your life, it's time to put an end to those teachings and, right, go on BibleHub.com, right? There's 30 to 50 different versions of the Bible right there. You can parallel them and sort through, right, good and bad fruit teachings, right? Uh, you would be shocked how different uh, some of the verses are translated. And if you go back into the ancient Greek, it gets even more shocking how different, right, some of the today's uh, verses are. For example, right, do not resist an evil man, also being translated as do not be quick to seek revenge, right? They're, they're completely different statements, right? They're both said to be taught uh, by Christ, right? One makes logical sense when you line it up with Christ. One does not. And I know you guys are smart enough to figure it out, right? Don't ever let anyone in this world tell you that you are not smart enough or that you are not good enough or that you are not chosen of the Lord God of Israel. You are chosen of God. You are smart enough and you will get your dreams. That's who you are. That's why God chose you. You have within you the merits, the virtues, and the calling, the blessing, and the favor of the one true living God working upon your life. So don't let those naysayers hold you back. Steve Jobs says something quite fascinating. He says, the whole world changes when you realize that people no smarter and no better than you are created everything in existence. All right. And so that is what we have working with us. We have an incredible God, the great creator himself. While we sin and battle against our sin, God is not asking for per perfection. Never will he leave you. Never will he forsake you. He is the beginning and the end, right? The gate unto heaven, the Lord of both mercy and judgment. He who is most high. And his followers, we know this, right? The priests know this. The prophets knew this. 
and still know this. The apostles and the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself, we all know this. God is with us. This undeniable presence, God's undeniable presence and his undeniable, unstoppable power that has inspired 40% or more of all creation to come to the cross and kneel down before God in a full, joyous surrender, right? And that surrender that will lead you into that glorious portion that God is offering to each and every member of mankind without exception, if you will come and answer God's call, right? You cannot sit at two tables, right? You can't be doing evil things and say, hey, I'm working for God, right? There are people who do that. They're not agents of the Lord. They're, right? Here's the thing. Today, many, many people call themselves Christian, right? Even Christian, even people who are uh, producing bad fruit call themselves Christian, right? But you all, all, only people who are producing good fruit are indeed actually Christian. Christianity is a state that cannot be merely spoken. You have to be an imitator of God. You have to be imitating the creator, the father of all good fruit. You have to be producing Christian fruit, right? And no, nobody's perfect, right? So God's mercy, his grace, his forgiveness is incredible, right? Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, right? God is always walking with us, trying to guide us back home, right? But free will itself, right? We have the option to say, no, I will not follow God with my life. No, I will not lay down my life, right? And this uh, inspiration, right? That knowing that God is with us, that God is a God of good, that God is a God of love, right? Is what caused King David himself to begin his walk with God. You see, in the beginning, maybe it's something like your parents that bring you to faith or your friends. You just want to hang out with friends to get you into that church building. But at some point, right, the Lord God of Israel or something is nudging you closer and closer into answering that call that God has placed upon your life. So you see, God, one way or another, will get his beloved children exactly where God, the omnipotent God, will wants to right he ushers us home as his beloved into his storehouses where he stores us his precious wheat right his treasured possession his chosen the chosen of god but after a while right after all those nudges after our friends or maybe our parents telling us hey you're christian the choice will eventually become our own Will you choose to follow the Lord God of Israel and cling to God as if, as if he was life itself? Or will you choose to serve something quite different in your life? And in that same way, that decision will be placed upon each and every one of our lives, just as it was placed on King David the psalmist's life. King David the prophet and David himself he had to choose what he was going to serve with his life and if you read the story of David right the choice is pretty obvious what David chose to, to serve right you see pondering sorting out that good and bad fruit right it will take some thought it will take some potential meditation it will take some uh, spending of time thinking about what the Bible is saying, 
what the parables mean and how you can apply them to have quite profound divine effect on your life to produce that life of benevolence and abundance that God is talking about when he's saying, follow me, follow the Lord God of Israel, take God with you, take that mustard seed of faith with you, and all things will become possible for you. You see, out under that night sky, King David began pondering and thinking about exactly how good God was and how good his ways are. See, King David had time under that night sky to study and think out the wisdom of the parables, figuring out just how great, just how effective the loving ways of God are when people begin to apply them to our own lives, just like King David did, just like all of the prophets did. When you see the prophet begins working with God, and each and every time it ends up in some abundant, incredible, miraculous level of success, well, that is the power of working with the Lord God of fathomless love. That is the offer that is being offered to each and every one of us today. Whether or not you choose to accept that or know it or not, right? See, that is God's one of God's virtues, right? He has an inspiring amount of love. Enough love, enough God's love creates enough inspiration to call all creation unto the feet of God himself and cause all creation to bow down before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, without regret. Because once you start to grasp, as King David did, as many of us, as 40% of all creation, has grasped the wisdom and the power and the love of God. There is nothing else in all existence that can hold candle or offer an offer equal, even closely equal, to the greatness of God and his ways and what they will bring the abundance, the blessing, the miracles and love, the silver linings that they will bring into your life if you choose to lay down your life, take up your cross, and follow God's holy ways. To start walking as the prophets did, out upon the waters of faith, out into the depths of faith, without fear, without worry, and letting nothing hold them back. That is what it means to be a servant of the Lord God of Israel. To know that you as one have the ability to chase ten. To know that ten of you will chase a thousand together. You shall rule many nations, but none shall rule over you. That is what God is leading you to. That is where I, as a servant of God, am leading you to. God has shown me how to get my dreams. God will show you how to get your dreams. And since God has shown me how to get dreams, right, I have become able by the hand of the Lord, by the hand of the great potter, to accomplish, to bring into existence the dreams of others. That is one blessing of the Lord that has been given to me, right? I know the ways of wisdom because God has revealed them to me, right? God is not offering more to me than any of you. God is not offering some small portion. When you look at one of the prophets and you say, oh man, 
God would never give me a small portion like that or a, a massive, you know, miraculous portion like that. Absolutely not. God is offering you the full measure of his glory, his power, and his love so that when you step out on those, onto those waters of faith, you will become that army of the Lord God of Israel, that army of one that walks with God and chases down a legion, that brings the dreams and blesses others. You will become a blessing not just to your family, not just to your city, but you will become a blessing unto the nations themselves. That is what God is moving Christians towards. King David was a shepherd boy. He was going to be working as a shepherd for quite some time until God said, no, I've got another plan for you and your life. I have another destiny. I've assigned you a blessing. I've anointed you a purpose. I've set out events in your future that will bring about your exaltation unto the leadership of the nation. God is offering equal an equal portion to that. Now, it won't always look identical, right? We're not all going to be rulers, i.e. the President of the United States, right? We're not all going to be King David, but we will all have kingdoms of our own. That is what God is offering. But you have to follow in faith. You have to follow in love, right? If you love me, i.e. love the Lord God of Israel, with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That is the first commandment, right? That is step one to becoming Christian. Love God. And fascinating enough, within that commandment is contained all the pages and all the other commandments of the Bible, of God's word, if you can grasp it to the fullness of the measure of wisdom itself. Now here's the thing, right? Out under that glorious night sky that God has created that inspires awe throughout all creation from the dawn of time and will continue to inspire until time's end, right? That, that inspiring creation of God, right, is just one thing that God has made. And out under that night sky, King David, as we all are called to, began sorting out God's commands, figuring out how they're to be applied, how they are accurate, and how they are inaccurate, right? With God, all things are possible is a good biblical teaching that will produce good biblical fruit if you apply it accurately within the boundaries, within the confines of God's covenant. But if you take that with God, all things are possible, and start twisting it, and you say, well, I can start doing evil things, well, you've betrayed God. You've stepped outside of the boundaries of the Lord God of Israel and begun, and begun walking with something quite different. You can twist the scriptures to your own destruction if that's what you choose, but you will not inherit the same portion. You will not inherit a good life, that life of abundance. God will not help evil rise up, right? You cannot serve two masters you cannot sit at the table of the Lord and sit at the table of the devil, right? And so understanding this is, our, is one of our charges as Christians to sort of figure out what exactly the Bible means, right? So that we don't misinterpret it, so that it's not producing bad fruit in our lives. That is a calling that is placed on Christians, and it is a calling that is emphasized 
and held in a greater to a greater standard in the priests, in the preachers, and ministers, just like me, right? I am ministering to the Lord God of Israel. I am ministering to my God. And so separating the good from the evil is something to produce, right? An accurate good covenant, right? Bad separated from evil, or sorry, bad separated from good, bad fruit, right? The, the teachings or interpretations that have produced bad fruit in our lives, they need to be thought about, right? You need to figure out, you know, this is really producing bad fruit in my life. How, how am I misinterpreting it, right? And there are times, right, I myself have misinterpreted scriptures, right? It happens. It, it, we're not uh, divine beings, right? That is why uh, it suggests in the Bible that iron sharpens iron, right? When we're talking, when we're uh, theorizing our theologies, when we're conversing with other people, and they're saying, actually, I think it means this, and it clicks in your head because of that spirit that I'm talking about in 1 John it clicks in your head that what they're saying is truth and that you've had it just a little bit wrong for quite some time, well, that's, that's standard, right? But with these teachings, right, you're to pray. You're to be led by God, faith, the Spirit, right? And what happens with me is God will start knocking on my thoughts, right? He'll start tugging on me until I go to one of those sites like Bible Hub or when I go into the ancient Greek and really... Uh, analyze the verse and what it means, right? Sometimes uh, either the Bible scholars, they got it wrong, or I myself got it wrong, right? It happens. Happens to all of us. That is why Christ suggests, hey, examine, observe what they do, look over it, and then discern if it's good or not. If man has corrupted it, right? There are teachings of the Bible, uh, of the Bible out there. There are uh, versions of the Bible out there where Christ, in the King James Version, he says, uh, well, the Pharisees, you know, observe what they do, look it over, observe it, and then do it, right? There are versions of that exact same verse where Christ is saying, do anything they tell you, right? And so understanding that mankind has the ability to twist the scriptures to their own destruction, well, it will bring in, it will bring an emphasis upon that tool that Christ gives us to sort out evil from good, light from dark, etc., right? When God created the earth, he separated night from day. He separated dark from light, right? And understanding that is important so that you're not reading one of those versions of the Bible out there going, yeah, I'm going to do anything these mortals tell me. No, that's not what God is uh, asking us to do. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, do whatever mankind says. No. God says, love the voice of God, i.e. serve the voice of God only, right? Christians, we serve God and God alone over our bosses, above anything else in all creation. When God speaks, Christians move. And when Christians move, God goes with us. So don't get lost interpreting things and thinking uh, it doesn't make sense or something like that, right? Ask someone, right? Ask a good priest who is not incentivized or uh, desperately struggling for finance, something like that, right? Desperation, right, is one of those uh, 
fraud indicators, right? An indicator, a strong indicator for corruption will be the need or a strong level of, high level of desperation, right? Causing them to need something. I need money. I need power. I, they have a, a lust or a, a, a large amount of greed, right? Well, that's not, that, that's no priest at all, right? A priest will have conquered their lust. They will have conquered their greed, right? And they will be serving God and they will teach accurate scripture, right? Not, I've decided to fiddle with it thinking I'm God. That's nonsense, right? That's against the covenant. It's, it's pretty blasphemous, right? It is actually, right, when, when a priest says, hey, listen to me over God. Hey, do everything that the Pharisees say. That's, that's getting, well, it's getting really bad, right? It's getting into the point that's beyond mankind. They're using what ought to be meant, you, what ought to be used for good, what God intended to, for good. They're trying to use it to, for evil, right? So understanding when things are drifting out into the realms of extreme danger, hellfire, right? It's good, right? You should be able to know when to uh, get out of a church and get out of a pastor's uh, earshot, right? When to stop, when to stop listening, right? Uh, that's wisdom, right? Seek wisdom, get knowledge, right? That is a, uh, a doctrine of Solomon's, right? Christ's. Christ, uh, well, anyways, Christ tells us to love the Lord God of Israel, right? And if you love God, you're doing his commands. You're uh, seeking wisdom in your life. You're getting knowledge, but God is first and foremost at all times, above all other things, above money, above everything, right? And applying this wisdom is when you have analyze the scriptures you've gotten them accurate and you're applying what is known as wisdom right the wisdom of god he who has perfect knowledge in our lives right working out the truth behind the scriptures the god-given truth the god-intended truth not the man uh, not the man intended whatever you want to call it right these scriptures these holy teachings will lead to that life and the fruit of abundance a life of abundant love right and once you decide to keep walking with God through that thick and thin, well, God will keep walking with you no matter what. This love is what all creation was founded upon. The loving ways that we ourselves, mankind, has used to build ourselves up, our homes, our families, empires, and nations from the dawn of all creation. And it these ways are what will continue to be used to build these states of benevolence, these states of joy and joy to the full, these states of happiness and happy lives until the end of time itself, right? This is why, this is one of the reasons that God is called the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, and so what I'm saying is like King David, right? We have to sort out between the good teachings, what God is seeking for ourselves in our lives, and what has perhaps been a little corrupted, or teachings that will be taught as something quite different than what they actually mean, right? This is what people say when they're saying, hey, he's pulling scripture out of context, right? Hey, he's... 
he's using, you know, he's manipulating the scriptures, right? Uh, and it's very important to find uh, a teacher who will not do that, right? right? Loving God, right, loving someone means you're not trying to manipulate them, right? So if God says, hey, you know, that's a little beyond where I'm okay with, you say, I love you, that's cool with me, right? That's good enough. I don't need to be able to do absolutely anything, right? I just want to be able to do anything that's good for me, right? And God says, great, that's exactly where I drew the line, right? Anything that's good, I'm cool with. But anything that's evil, indeed, I am not cool with. Um, so going forward, King David deciphered God's word and began applying God's ways in most importantly within himself right as Christians we start from within we start with ourselves once you have built that temple within yourself then right once you've won that battle within yourself once you've won that battle against sin and death itself death itself sin then you can go forward to help other people right you can go forward to conquer the sins that are trying that can and have stopped some other people from obtaining their dreams right just like these sins i.e sinfulness attempted to hold king david back from his destiny that death called sin is trying to hold each and every one of us back today from that exaltation that god is holding out to each and every one of us saying come Come and receive this exaltation. Come and receive this miraculous life. Come and receive the blessing and the favor of God. Right? But sometimes people will choose to remain in sin and not receive that exaltation. In life, we have these things, right? We have these things called comfort zones. Comfort zones that God will be trying to lead us out of so that we can be developed into that exaltation that God is seeking for each and every one of us. But here's the thing. Just like the prophets, just like King David, we all have that crux, that burden of free will. And so if you let, if you choose with your free will to let sin hold you back, from that destiny then you can delay it you can uh, miss it right now God in all his goodness will continue to call to you and try and lead you where you need to go in order to reach that destiny but if you keep refusing God right there are examples of in the Bible where their destinies are delayed. Jonah would be an example of this. God says, go straight to Nineveh, preach to them. I'm going to make you famous. It's going to be your exaltation. It's going to be an incredible part of your destiny. It's going to be a miraculous part of your life right there in Nineveh. Jonah, go. Right? And Jonah says, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. Now, what Jonah doesn't know, right? Because mankind, our knowledge and wisdom were, are limited, right? is that Jonah is literally telling God, I'm not going to that miraculous life. I'm not going to that land full of milk and honey. I'm not going to my dreams. 
I'm going directly away from my dreams. I don't want the promised land, right? That is what Jonah, without knowledge, without wisdom, is saying, even though he doesn't comprehend it. And so Jonah, he delays his destiny by refusing God. But God, in his goodness, says, no, Jonah, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you deny me my glory. I will not yield my glory to another, Jonah. I'm getting you to Nineveh one way or another. Even if I have to perform a miracle, I'm going to get you to Nineveh, Jonah. Right? And so in the case of Jonah, right, you see God trump man's, man's free will, right? But not, not completely, right? He doesn't uh, take control of Jonah. He merely puts Jonah through trials that lead Jonah into obedience. So where Jonah will go to what's good for him to where Jonah will return to where God wants him to go and receive his exaltation, his destiny, right? That is goodness. That is love. I know you're trying to mess up. I know you're messing up right now, but I'm not going to let you keep messing up because I love you and I want you to receive what's good for you. And so here's the thing, right? Those comfort zones, just like the prophets, just like... Uh, King David, we have to sort of go where God is telling us, right? We have to be led to those destinies and stop letting sin hold us back so that we can go out and answer God's call upon our lives, right? And this is displayed all throughout the Bible, right? The prophets, nor the apostles, nor any person in the Bible obtained their destiny sitting at home with their pillow on their head, in their comfort zone. Not one person in the entire Bible, right? God, when you're asking God for a purpose, right, don't be shocked if you ask for a small purpose. And he says, no problem, I'm going to make the nations your inheritance. You said, hey, God, I want a, a small thing. I want a, a little wisdom. God says, don't worry, I'm going to make you the wisest man in the entire planet, right? David says, God, I love you. And God says, I'm, because you love me and I know I can trust you, I'm going to make you the ruler of the nation, right? Etc., 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 right? And those are just some of the prayers of the prophets that are listed that were answered in incredible ways. That's just who God is. He's the God of the incredible ways, right? So don't be shocked if you bring God a small portion and he says, don't worry, I'm going to magnify, I'm going to amplify your life, your portion and your blessing a hundredfold. No problem. That's who I am. I'm the Lord God of Israel. That's who God is. It is who God has been from the dawn of creation, right? And so when we are sitting in our comfort zones and God says, hey, I want you to step out on the waters, right? Like he did to Peter, make sure to answer him, right? And here's Matthew 14, 25 through 29. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking upon the waters of the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they became terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, 
tell me to come out onto the waters with you. And Christ said, come. And so Peter did not remain in his comfort zone. Peter stepped out onto the waters and answered the call of God. And you see, Peter steps out onto the waters, but he doubts God and he cries out to God saying, Lord, save me. And this is a sign of great wisdom in Peter. You see, Peter, the apostles and the prophets, just like King David, just like all of us, they took courage as Christ commands. They took up their courage and they stepped out of those waters onto the stepped out onto those waters right of faith time and time again they stepped out onto the waters of faith and held that faith high as they progressed forward pressing out into their destinies and the exaltation that god designed exaltation that is the portion offered to each and every christian for example, with Joshua, he stepped out, i.e., he answered the call of God, tore down the altar to Baal in his city, and led the way for his own nation, becoming one of the chosen exalted prophets that you see listed in the Bible. And there are countless other prophets out there, but they are not honored with the listing in the Bible, right? Perhaps there's other writings up out there about them that we don't necessarily know about, right? But they are out there. God is still working and moving today, right? And so when you see these people who are saying God's not working anymore, that's nonsense, right? That's a dead, that's a dead teaching. God's gone. He's not here anymore. It's nonsense. Opposite to the truth, right? Like so. King David stepped out onto the waters of faith, onto that battlefield to faith, face down the, a challenge that God has pl had placed before him. I can speak. And this stepping out is that calling of all Christians in one form, in one way or another. It is exactly what led King David to say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. You see, faith is not grown from sitting in comfort zones and never failing, or never feeling like we fail, even while it seems to our own mortal eyes that even with God we may have taken a loss. No, faith is built by answering that call upon your life, that call, that eternal call that God has placed upon our lives that leads us to those points at which we will acquire the skills, the merits necessary to reach that eternal glorious goal that is that victor's crown that is lying in wait for each and every one of us across the River Jordan. Yes, after that point, called True North, across the River Jordan, lies immortality, exaltation, and the kingdom of God. Waiting in anticipation, God waits 
in love with open arms for his lost sheep to come home unto those crystal courts of heaven and back into the arms of the Father in his own glorious design for each and every one of our lives. But you have to follow God. This is your portion. This is your offer. This is the reward and the inheritance for all those who have the wisdom to receive immortality in exchange for mortality and death. God will take your ashes and he will turn it into something beautiful. That is who God is. It's what God does. So let me ask you, is there anything in your life holding you back from answering the call of God? Is there something in your lives that has begun to take first place above God himself? You see, the prophets as reflected in King David, just like us, struggled with sin. They were imperfect members of mankind, no better than you and me. But they were chosen because God saw something that he loved in each and every one of the prophets. An aspect of godliness that we as Christians are commanded, are instructed to understand, gain the wisdom of, study it, and shift out the false flawed theologies that would potentially produce bad fruit in our lives and replace them with the good theologies of truth, good fruit, so that we as individuals can rise up and lead as God has commanded us as Christians to be leaders of the nations, right? You shall rule many, but none shall rule you. You shall receive an exaltation in equal portion as the prophets. If you can do this, if you love God, if you're willing to say, God, no matter what, I'll go. Here I am, Lord, send me, right? Now, it will not look identical to the prophets, right? It's not going to be we're all rulers of the nation, right? Suddenly there's uh, 120 million presidents of the United States. No, that's not what I'm talking about, right? But there will be forms of exaltation in your life. There will be that promised land. There will be that land of milk and honey where you will come to, where you will step into at some point in your life, where you have followed God in faith, you've stepped out onto the waters of faith, crossed the river Jordan, reached that promised land, and you will be sitting in that life of joy and joy to the full, a miraculous life, a life of silver linings, a life walked upon the wings of eagles and God, with God, serving God at the right hand of the Alpha and the Omega, the omnipotent God, the God who says good news. With me, all things have become possible for you. That is God's offer. And just like Jonah, right, God in all his goodness, he is so good, so great, that God goes before us preparing the events and the miracles necessary in order for each of us to reach that destiny, even if you doubt, even if you feel like, wow, 
God would never choose me. Good news, often that's exactly who God chooses. He does not choose the greatest of all mankind. He chooses people with merits that he loves, a good heart, a pure heart, good intentions, a heart resonating with his own, right? Purpose, obedience, right? Things that God loves, and it's not money. It's not the ability to generate massive finance that God's seeking, unlike mankind, right? Endlessly chasing after that golden calf that when they start to get older, right, they start to get to about 70, 80, 90 years of age and say, what the heck have I been doing with my whole life? I'm about to die and all this money I've spent my whole life accumulating ain't going to amount to pittance. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Step out onto the waters of faith. And when God moves, Christians, they answer the call and move with God. That is what it means to love the voice. And when we move as the servants of the Lord, God is with us going before us, accomplishing our righteous purposes. Yeah, that's what it means to be co-laborers with God. God is with you. You work for God, and you are with God. He helps you. And in the same measure of the prophets, as with the prophets, you cannot stop what God himself has spoken over your future. What God has spoken over your future, your blessing, your anointing, the favor God has placed over your life when you were chosen as one of God's pearls. The word of God does not go out to return void as long as you stick with God. You keep that faith. Even when we're down in the dust, even when we're hurting and lost and doubting even in our most faithless moments god is still there ushering us into that destiny leading us into that call that god has placed upon your life whether or not you're willing to accept it at this point as you listen to my voice over this stream or not you have a call you have a destiny but whether or not you choose to answer that call it's up to you and God, in all his goodness, he's going to continue knocking on your door. And, right, here's the thing. God is extremely good at getting us where we need to be. At getting us to those points. At positioning us for that next home run. Positioning us for that next miracle that will lead you unto the crystal courts of heaven. Your destiny and your God-intended exaltation. God did not fail Joshua. God did not fail King David. God did not fail the Apostle Peter when he chose to step out over conquering his fear out onto the waters of faith in obedience to the Lord God of Israel. You see, Peter, as, we mentioned, as I mentioned before, he began to sink. He looked down and he doubted and he feared and he began to sink into that despair, into that mud of sinfulness, right? When you are doubting God, when you are saying, God, I doubt that you're powerful enough. God, I doubt that you're enough to sustain me, to hold me up upon these waters 
which you called me out onto, that's sin. God is enough. He is able to sustain you. And so when the apostle Peter began to sink in great wisdom, he called upon the Lord God of Israel saying, Lord, save me. And lo and behold, time in, time and time again, God showed up and saved Peter. You are the chosen of God. He will never forsake you. And never means never. When the faithful call upon the Lord God of Israel, he will show up in their time of need and say, here I am. That is who God is. It is what God is. God will not yield his glory to another. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, times dawn and times end, the Good Shepherd and your exaltation's completion. So go out knowing that you are chosen of God. Run full out unto the arms of the Good Shepherd and that God of love who loves you and wants to get you where you're going so that you can know the fullest fullest measure of what it is to walk upon the waters of faith as with the prophets what it means to defy gravity what it means to have the impossible removed from your life to be lifted up unto the heavens by god that God who goes before each and every one of us, that God who loves each and every one of us fully to taste those silver linings, to enter into those crystal courts of heaven and to have your cup overflow with the blessings of God and his goodness that he is leading you into, that he is showing you, that he is asking you to come to. All right, guys. Hey, blessings on you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't ever forget how much God loves each and every one of you. With God, all things are possible in your life. Your dreams are not too great for God to accomplish. So set your dreams and your goals high in life. Follow God, and he'll get you there. Blessings on you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day.